I've been gone for a minute, but I am back. And today we're going to talk about the World Cup. First, before we get into the World Cup, let's start with the uh, you know, FIFA president coming out and basically addressing everybody's concern about having the World Cup in Qatar. And one thing I will say personally is that, you know, people need to shut up, okay? I'm honestly so sick of the fact, I mean, think about think, think about the hypocrisy. And he was right. He basically was pointing out the hypocrisy that's going on everywhere. Even he's a hypocrite, you know what I'm saying? Really, everybody's a goddamn hypocrite. Anyway, going back to what he was saying, he basically said, you know, about the migrant situation in Qatar. He's like, hey, man, these guys are... It's a job. They're coming for it's a hard it might be a hard job, but they're coming here and they're making more money than they would make in their country. At least Qatar is creating job for them, regardless of suffering it is, they're still coming here and they're making money and creating better life for their family back home. So why don't you Westerners get off your high horse and we're just FIFA. We don't create laws, we are simply just a football organization. And that was I you know, I was like, Yeah man, good point. Why was Russia not allowed to qualify in the World Cup if FIFA is just a football organization? You know, it seems like he chose to be, you know, political about certain things and not be political about certain other things. As long as the whole world, at least majority of people, were on his side, they were going to go along with it. I think same thing here with the Qatar. I mean, Qatar is, remember, we're talking about energy money. Energy money is crazy money. Okay, not that big. It has about 2 million people there, right? And the money they make out of their natural resource is quite ridiculous. Even they have to find a way to spend all this money. So they went and bought Paris Saint-Germain. So Paris Saint-Germain, as footballers know the fact that that club is basically a Qatar club. Even their president. They have the three most biggest commodities in football. They bought Neymar simply for this World Cup. So get ready to see Neymar in a bunch of commercials. And then they got Lionel Messi. And now they have Kellyan Mbappe. They basically have football royalty on their payroll. Do you not think FIFA is going to be on their payroll as well? Huh? But again, he was right about the migrant situation. Uh, these are people still making the choice to go there. And at the end of it, it's still benefiting their family. And the Westerners... All they're doing is talking instead of actually taking action. If you all care about it, he basically said, create these policies in your country and let these guys come down there. Or else, shut up. And the other point he made was about the alcohol situation. So now alcohol, I think like two days away from the World Cup, they basically said, you can't have alcohol in the stadium. And, you know, that's kind of that's kind of shady, right? They knew this wasn't going to go on. Why didn't they announce this like, Weeks ago, everybody got their tickets. Everything's already set. So essentially, there's changing stuff while everything's already set. And he come back saying, "Hey, we're not we're not the best. We're trying to figure this out. This is a new thing. Like just chill out." And you know that again, solid respond. This dude speak like five languages or something. Somebody asked questions about in French. He was speaking in French. Somebody asked a question about in Spanish. He was speaking Spanish. He speaks English. He's he's from Switzerland, you know? So he has the chops to be the president of FIFA. It makes sense. And he talked about how, you know, this is a new thing for this country. This is new for the people who live there as well. And he felt that it's, I don't think it's fair to keep football only in the West. It makes sense to bring football in different cultures 
because football is loved by the whole world. It's not just a Western sport. It's a, it's a global sport now. And you're going to go to places where their ideas, their beliefs, their laws might not, you know, coincide with the Western ideas, the Western laws. But you have to respect them at the end of the day. Or else don't go there. Like, just don't go, don't watch, you know, boycott. You have the freedom to do that. You have the freedom to not go to Qatar if you don't want to go to Qatar. But there's also a lot of people who live in Qatar who are ecstatic about this World Cup coming to their country. This would be a revolution for their country. And another point that he made was saying that, like, maybe the other 2 million people who go into this island might influence the country as well in a good way. Let's say, God forbid, Qatar government start arresting people for, you know, homosexual acts, whatever. And then the world would know more about that. And they'll be shamed even more. Because what Qatar is trying to do is try to assemble to the world. And the last thing we want to do is keep pushing people away. And another point he made is like a time like this where there's war going on, you know, inflation's off. the. I mean, it's just there's a lot of unsure about our future. The World Cup is coming at the perfect time. You know, at first I was pretty iffy about this World Cup happening in Qatar. But it makes it makes perfect sense. If a country can, they literally spend $15 billion to host this. So it's just silly to think that like, you know, we shouldn't let them at least give them a chance to show us what they're capable of. I mean, the new technologies they're going to use in this World Cup, it's going to be precedent. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm just generally excited to see how much how much of this 15 billion dollars went into the field. You know, other World Cups when FIFA goes to your country, they make you build a bunch of stadiums and nobody uses them. Here in Qatar, they're using shipping containers for this World Cup just to make the fields, the bathrooms and everything. So whenever the World Cup is over, instead of just having an empty, you know, stadium, you can just deassemble it and boom. No problem. And I believe this is the first time where all the fans will be in close proximity because I think most most of the time in like the World Cup, let's just say for Brazil, it'd be city to city. So fans will switch because each game is, you know, will be having different cities. So fans don't really get to interact with each other that often. Here in Qatar, which, you know, it's not that big. So fans will just be eye to eye with each other all the time, you know. So and I don't know how that's going to go. And the fact that they took the alcohol away, I think that has a lot to do with it. I mean, they're taking a lot of risk. So that's something people are not thinking about. Qatar is taking a lot of risks. This is a Muslim country, and they're allowing other people to believe in their ideas coming to their country. And how much effect would that going to have on them? I'm pretty sure there's people who live in Qatar, some imams who are pretty much against what's going on here. We're just not seeing it, but I'm sure there's protests that are like, we can have these, you know, Westerners who come here, will do nothing but have harmful acts or, you know, just haram. Just haram nonsense. Like... There's a story coming out saying that Argentina and Uruguay is bringing 2,000 pounds of meat. I'm sure it's pork. You know what I'm saying? And they're allowing that to come to their country. This is an Islamic country. So I think we should give the Qatar a chance and just see how this World Cup turns out. They spend 15 billion, guys. I just want to see what that all that money went to. And again, I would just say this for Russia's defense. You know, the FIFA president made the comment saying that just because the country has this thing, we shouldn't be punishing the citizen themselves because they also have passion 
for soccer as well. And they should have the World Cup come to them sometimes as well. They should they should have that opportunity. And I want to say the same thing. I want to make the same argument for the Russian team as well. These guys had nothing to do with whatever the government's doing. So for them to be punished, how in the world is that right? Hypocrite, sir. Hypocrite. Anyway, that's all I got. I'm personally excited that the World Cup is happening in Qatar. I want to see what money does. Because remember, remember this. Everybody has a price. Money, 100% talks. Okay, let's get to the World Cup. Group A, we have Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands. The obvious person is going to top this group is the Netherlands, right? Uh, Senegal, I would have gave them the second choice, but Senimane was ruled out of the World Cup, got injured, you know, story of Senegal's life, right? Anyway, so I think Qatar or Ecuador can totally come on second, no doubt about it. Okay, going to Group B. Group B, we have England, Iran, USA, and Wales. I mean, Wales barely made it, so I can't really put them first or second. England, I have to put them first because first, they are the most valuable squad in the World Cup, and they have extremely great talent, but they have horrendous coach. So they'll come in first. And then you have USA or Wales. I'm going to say USA will come out of this as well. Okay, going to Group C. Group C, we have Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Hmm. This is very interesting because Mexico and Poland can fight for second place. Argentina is obviously going to come in first. Mexico and Poland. And I'm going to have to pick Poland on this just because we got Lewandowski in there. Okay, and we'll go into Group D. We have France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. So, obviously, this is pretty straightforward. I think France is going to come in first. Regardless, Kareem Benzema not being playing in the World Cup, they still have Giroud. Giroud is someone who can honestly replace Kareem Benzema. It's not perfectly like-for-like, like, but it's close enough, I think. And just having Kelly Mbappe have that connection with Giroud before Benzema came to the team, I think that's gonna just going to be solid. And I just feel bad for Kareem Benzema. You know, he literally just got hurt on his last day of training. You know what I'm saying? So he waited for eight years to be involved in his country. And now he's not going to play in the World Cup. And I believe this might be his last World Cup. That's right. This might be his last World Cup. So it's kind of pretty sad. I feel I feel for the guy. But I think France is still going to come in first. And Denmark is going to come in second. And we go to Group E. We got Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. So obviously, <laughs> I mean, this one is pretty straightforward, right? You got Spain and Germany. It's pretty straightforward. I think Japan and Costa Rica are just outmatched here. And then Group F, we have Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. So Croatia, I think, is going to top this group because Croatia is just a good team. And then you have Morocco, Canada, and Belgium. I can't say Canada. Canada just, just came in. You know what I mean? So Morocco has a better chance than Canada. But Belgium has better chance than Morocco. You know. Kimizic had a great goal a few days ago against uh, Georgia. But still. I just don't think it's, there's enough firepower there. So I'm going to say Croatia first. Belgium second. Group G we have Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. So Cameroon's one of the best African team in this tournament. 
And I think so. I would put them above Serbia, but I cannot put them above Switzerland or Brazil. Brazil are the favorites in the group. They're the favorites in the tournament, really. So Brazil is going to come first. Switzerland is going to come in second. And going to the last group, we got group H. We have Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. So South Korea is out of luck. They're not coming out of here. And then we got Ghana, who has a chance. Ghana can technically beat Portugal, and they can actually beat Uruguay. Remember 2010, the World Cup that happened in South Africa, where Ghana and Uruguay played, and Suarez basically saved Uruguay from going out by handballing that goal and Ghana missing the penalty? Yes, they get to play again. We're going to have that drama again. We're going to see how spice that's going to get. But I just don't see Ghana having the firepower to come out of this group. So I would say Portugal and then Uruguay second. And for my teams, I would say Argentina. Obviously, I want Argentina to win. And I want Lionel Messi to win. Because, you know, this is the only thing that's left in his cabin. And it will just be the icing on the cake for his legacy. Because this will be the last World Cup he'll play. Same thing for Cristiano Ronaldo. This also would be his last World Cup playing. And he also has a great team that could go to the final. But they will not go to the final. There's like somebody did a chart where Lionel Messi and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo could play against each other in the final. What a joke. Anyway, the only realistic is the fact that Argentina could win this. Because they're coming in this tournament being 36 games undefeated. They haven't lost in 2019. That's a long time. So motivation of that just coming into the tournament is really, really going to help them. There's still Spain. That's the dark horse right now. And then you got Brazil, obviously the favorites to win the whole thing. And But again, there's always Germany. Like people don't even talk. Germany, whatever they're having an off time, people don't talk about them. And they always surprise people. So never sleep on Germany. So Germany's always there. But I'm going to say Argentina. Argentina's my team. Okay. Anyway, that's it for today. I'll see you guys.